Well, what's up? What's up? It's your girl, Erica Nicole, and welcome to episode 68. Guys, this episode, I'm just going to upload it the way it is because I can't I can't slice it. I can't dice it because I don't want to alter the flow of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever sat down with somebody and got to witness transition, got to witness healing, I'm telling you, this happened on this episode. Although you guys are listening, um, there is a video episode uploaded to the YouTube channel. Go over and check it out. The link will be in the bio. This young lady, Jamba, is not new to the platform. She was on um, with us in the beginning. She has been on uh, the podcast before, and we had a great time. You guys love her. You guys know her. Um, and it was just amazing. Her episode, it's so crazy, and we tell the story. She is on episode 60. Her episode was recorded. Episode 60 was recorded probably three, four, five months before it was released. And so, yeah, just check it out, guys. I hope you love it. I hope it gives you what you need. Disclaimer, there's some triggers. I'm going to keep it real with you. There's some triggers. We discuss some topics. We discuss rape. We discuss suicide. We discuss um, alcoholism. We discuss depression. So if you're triggered by these topics, pause. But if you're not, dive in and enjoy the ride. I'm going on Facebook. All righty. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Erica Coleman. I'm here again with another live um, episode of Erica Speaks Life. This is episode 68. And we are here with um, Jamba Kalu, right? Best-selling author, businesswoman, and my friend. She my friend, y'all. So we are here um, live and in living color. We're getting ready to get started. All right. We already got people chiming in. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Say hello to us. Let us know you are here. Let us know you are watching. Chime in on the conversation. Y'all know how I do it. Hashtag live if you're live. Hashtag replay if you replay. Y'all, I cannot lie. I am loving doing the live recordings and then putting it on the podcast uh, platform tomorrow. Because y'all know it goes up live on the platform tomorrow. But everybody's giving me some phenomenal feedback. So while you're on, make sure you click share. Right? No matter where you are, if you're chiming in, we're live on YouTube. We are live on the podcast page, which is Wake, Bright, Shine. And we're also live on my personal page. Um, So make sure you're sharing this out, hitting the share button. Once again, you know this is not about me, honey. This is about our guest, my co-host, Miss Jamba Kalu. So Jamba, say hello, hello to the listeners and the viewers. Hi, everybody. How are y'all? How y'all doing today? She being nice to y'all. That is not how she talks to me. <laughs> I absolutely love that she's being nice. Now, you guys, anybody that follows me, you know this is not Jamba's first time um, being on the podcast. She was actually on, golly, I, I need to see what episode that was. Um, Because it was intense. It was intense. And there's a backstory about that episode because we did not even get to share that episode out (laughs) forever. I did not think God was going to release us. If y'all wonder what I'm doing, I am looking for the episode because I don't (laughs) even remember what we titled it, to be honest. Um, And I'm trying to think when we got to put it and oh my god, where is it? Anyway, the bag is in June. You think so? June? Okay, let me go to June. June, because we the did story. Okay, that's not it. You would think your name would be in the title. Nope, that's not you. Hold on, hold on. here it is. The title is the title of your book. Hello. So. <laughs> was in episode 60 
right? Episode 60, June, um, actually of this year, and she's back. She's back for a couple of reasons. Why right now I am doing a series with all of my co-authors out of the book, the anthology, If Resilient Was a Person. And let me tell you something. The subtitle of this is a collection of pivotal success stories and triumphant testimonies. Baby, let me tell you one thing. This book, this book, this book. This book. I salute every single woman in this book because, hey, Alicia. Hi, um, Alicia. I salute every woman in this book because not only were the like the test to get to the testimonies a lot, but the fact that we relived the story, we relived the test to write in the book, it was real deal. Hey Jennifer, what's up, girl? So Jamba, um, let's start with the book. Let's start with if resilient was a person. This was your first anthology. Yes. And this was huge because I know the backstory. If Polly gets on here, she knows the backstory. <laughs> okay, first of all, let's start with the first question. Why did you decide to even be in an anthology after pinning your own story? Hmm, let's see. First of all, because it was time to branch out a little bit. Um that was kind of my way of networking, um, so to speak, getting to know people, stepping out of my comfort zone. Y'all have to excuse me. My allergies are really bad and my eye keeps watering. Um, but I just wanted to step out a little bit. Um, and when I chose to step out, would you know all hell broke loose? <laughs> and um, so you presented it to me. And I was a little hesitant for about a millisecond. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm just going to do it. Because I was already in the process of writing my book, my second book. Um, and it just presented itself. Opportunity presented itself. And I told myself um, when opportunities came knocking, I would answer. If it was the right one, I would answer. I love it. If y'all so hear she said, I presented it. I, I told y'all in the last episode with Miosha, I have this unique way of driving by and wreaking havoc in people's lives. If one thing I know for sure, I know my purpose. And my purpose is to stir something up inside of you and bring about a disruption that gets you out of your comfort zone. Now, why do I do that? I do that to you guys because people do it to me, right? I have people that literally um, drag, push, knock me outside of my comfort zone. Like I got an account, I got two accountability texts today on the project that I'm currently writing. So, um, yes, yeah, so I, I snuck up on Jamba and I'm like, you got to do this. Come do this with me because I'm scary. I don't want to do it by myself. Um so, Jamba, tell us about the process of being in this anthology. Um, so I I jumped on it, first of all. And as soon as I jumped on it, like I said, all hell broke loose. And as I was writing, um, which I just tell a story that, you know, about me being raped and me going through that um and about basically trying to commit suicide um, and surviving. And as I was writing, um, something happened and it triggered. So I pulled out, immediately pulled out. Um, she pulled out a lot of times. I, I pulled out and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And um, I sat on it. I sat on it for a few days. Paula hit me up because um, actually she had already read the story. I had already submitted it, but I felt like it wasn't complete and I couldn't go any further into it because of the trigger. Um, so I pulled out because I wasn't satisfied with what I had presented already. 
And um, the one thing that stuck out to me was when Paula said, please don't pull out because I need you. Um, this was so profound for me. When she said that, I literally broke down in tears. And I was like, was it that important? Like, really, was it? And it, it just, it did something to me. And so, like I said, I sat on it for about three days and I hit her up and I was like, let's do it. Let's just do it. And so I did it. Okay, so before we go any further, this is what I do want to say, and this is more to our listening audience than to Jamba. Um, this episode may trigger you. If anyone knows by now, when I bring a co-host on, we deal with the real deal. Um, I move according to the Holy Spirit, and I bring women on that give their real raw testimonies. Um, as you already see, the topic of rape, the topic of suicide, the topic of um, depression, right? These topics are going to come up. If these topics are too much for you, I highly suggest you pause, right? Pause. Check out another episode. Come back and catch a girl live later. <laughs> but if you want to hear a, triumph a triumphant testimony, if you want to hear the raw and the real, and you're ready for it, then stay tuned, right? Um, because I highly suggest you go back and listen to Jabba's previous um, interview. So let, let me go ahead and let's give the backstory so we can go forward. Yeah. <laughs> so Jabba and I recorded the previous episode, which is episode uh, 60. We, rec I, we recorded it actually in June. That's why you said June. No, we recorded it in February. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's even worse. We recorded it in February. Guys, it did not release until July 22nd. God would not. Mm, I'm, I'm trying to hold my mule. as the old saints say. God would not give permission. I've never had this happen with only two episodes. There are two people that I have interviewed and God would not allow me to, um, release their episode until he said so so he did not allow us to release this episode until july um jamba tell about what occurred prior to because it's definitely your story not mine i just got to bear witness to it um because there was a significant transition that took place in your life and when the transition happened god gave me the okay and then when you got up, he gave you the okay. So tell us about that. <laughs> so um, like she said, we recorded it in uh, February. And it was, I believe it was about healing in February. Um, I think you were doing your episodes about healing. And so um, we recorded and all hell broke loose once again. Um, I started having all sorts of attacks um, from being paralyzed one day to thinking I was having a heart attack the same night from the next day, um, thinking I was possibly having a brain aneurysm. I was in and out the hospital, going to specialist, um, having all sorts of MRIs, CAT scans, you name it, I probably had it. Um, started having just all sorts of attacks, uh, breaking out, flares, you name it. Um, and so I felt inside that I'm like, God, how am I on a podcast talking about healing when everything in me feels like hell? Everything about what I'm going through does not represent healing. So how can I be on a podcast and speaking about healing? And so that for me was a struggle. Um, I ended up calling my pastor um, on the phone with him because the attacks were so great that I couldn't, I couldn't bear it. And it got to the point to where I was ready to 
let go. And I was, and I told him, I said, I don't know if I can withstand another attack mentally or physically, and I'm ready to leave. Um, I cried, we prayed, I cried some more. And all I could hear God say was, will you give me your yes? And of course, in that moment, all I could do was tell him yes, in that moment. And I cried and I prayed and we prayed and he stayed on the phone with me as long as I needed him to. Um, he listened to me. And just from his words, I could feel God's arms wrapped around me. And I could feel his touch. And things began to change, but the attacks got worse. So um, Erica had called and was like, so I can't release the podcast. I'm like, why not? I mean, I did it. I, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I mean, and I started like going in like, no, we got to release this because I did it. And you said, and we going to do this. And it didn't happen. Needless to say, it did not happen. When I say God had that thing held hostage, I mean I, held hostage. He was, he, it was on lockdown. I had never seen anything like it in my life. And I think this is profound. I want to read what Jennifer said. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer said, I've, the very thing we struggle with is what we're called to. Absolutely. So that makes perfect sense. You can't talk to me about healing if you've never been healed from something or some things. And that's the thing. If you cannot show the nail holes in your hand, honey, mm. which is evident of your testimony. Yep. See, when they call Dalton Thomas, Dalton Thomas. But I should just say doubt. I don't really think he was doubting. He just wanted to see the evidence. There is nothing wrong with having some questions about the evidence because I want to know what you know, not what you heard. Right. Doubting Thomas, as y'all like to call him, I just call him Thomas the Rider. Right. He said, "Let me see. Let me see, Jennifer. You're you're exactly right." Because how can you tell me about healing? How can you tell me about overcoming suicide? How can you tell me about overcoming the torment of the enemy mentally if you've never been through it? Right. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost already. See, mm. let me let me calm down. Let me get myself together over here. Because let, let me get myself together because y'all already know. And Jennifer here and me, yeah, it's, it's oh, oh, Lord. <laughs> Podcast listeners, those of you that are listening to the recording, let me just tell you, God is here in this interview. I absolutely love it. Um, just okay. So, speak. We're, we're speeding it up. Speed we're at up. church, and I believe it was on a Wednesday. It, it, and let me give y'all a little backstory. Um, Jamba and I actually attend the same church. We go to Dominion and Glory International here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, where the great apostle Ricky T.L. Hunt Whoa, is what? a pastor. And let me tell you something. God is real up in the house. God Man. is real up in the house. And if it's true transformation you are seeking, right, we don't play about that thing. And um, on a Wednesday, I know most of y'all are probably in Bible study, but we're in whatever the Holy Spirit places us in at the time and this uh week just so happened to be a holy spirit good time so mm -hmm. on that wednesday let's go on that sunday that sunday the sunday before um jamba you were ill yes and me and you talked and we prayed and we were battling and i remember carrying her spiritually that entire week so we get to church on Wednesday. And I don't remember what happened. But when y'all say floor ministry, Jamba is floor ministry. She floor. is forever on the floor. So um, she ended up on the floor this particular Wednesday. And as soon as she went down, 
God said, now you can release the podcast. And I said, oh, and as soon as she came up, she said, now we can release the podcast. And I said, I know. And we did right then. We didn't ask no questions. It was the next one out. And now here we are today. So what's going on in your world these days? What's popping? So what's going on today is um, I am actually working on my third book. Um, Yes, third book. Um, This book kind of speaks more about healing. Um, Gives my testimony about me losing weight and overcoming some things. So more to come, more to come. Uh, I am working on my business. Um, I am an entrepreneur. So I'm working on my business, crafting my business. Um, uh, It's about health and wellness. So again, healing, taking things back natural. Um, I use herbs and oils and things like that. Um, I make sea moss and elderberry syrup. I am all about the healing. Um, I do what some like to call healing massages. Um, so I, I'm just I'm I'm just walking in the way that God would have me to walk and move. I'm all about His yes. I love it because yeah, that yes, that yes will get you in some stuff. Now I want to go back because y'all, she said she lost some weight. She released some weight. Um. I beg to differ. She lost a person. The girl released a whole person off of her. Um, She lost physical weight, but we lost mental weight and we lost spiritual weight as well in this process. Can you tell a little bit about that? Um, Just about that journey and what that journey looks like? Because somebody may be listening that does not understand Normally, the physical weight is attributed to the unhealthiness of our spirit as well as our mental situation. Um, so for me, um, the weight gain happened um, because of past traumas. So um, the rape, um, the suicide, the way that men looked at me, the way little boys looked at me at the age of nine and 10, because I had breast. Um, and a lot of females in our, in our class that age did not. Um, so it started at a young age for me. Um, and after I was raped, I noticed that I had started to gain a little weight. Um, I got pregnant, which put on a great amount of weight. And once I lost my baby, I had, once I gave birth, I didn't lose my baby. I only lost two pounds. My baby was almost eight pounds, but I only lost two pounds. Um, And I couldn't get the weight off. And fast forward to uh, 2004, I had lost about 50 pounds. I had gotten hurt, a back injury gained all of that back plus. And so I kind of just gave up on weight loss and was like, uh, I'll just change the way I eat. That didn't happen to do too well either. Cause I did change the way I ate and started eating anything. <laughs> and <laughs> so, it's just not for the good. Right. I, because I started eating because I got more depressed. So then I was eating because of the depression and eating whatever and would say, oh, well, it's okay. It makes me feel better. When in actuality, it was not making me feel better. It was making me feel worse. Um, I was damaging my body on the inside and I did not know it. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pause right there. Cause she done stepped on my toes. So I'm choosing to believe she stepped on somebody else's toes in the process. And if not, y'all better just shake your head. Yeah, because don't don't have me out here by myself. So you're saying emotional eating did not make you feel better. It made you feel worse on the outside and the inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's That's real. Because we really like to lie to ourselves 
and make and tell ourselves that that emotional eating feels good, but it doesn't. It feels good while you eating it. And it I mean, literally, good. it may taste good, but it don't feel good. Because then you be stuffed, then you be all miserable. And it... I mean, it wouldn't even be five minutes after I eat whatever it was I was eating to feel good. And I would be sick as a dog um, and just feeling horrible, feeling horrible. And so the, so the trauma, the unhealed trauma that you were carrying around was causing you to abuse yourself. Absolutely. So the abuse you suffered, unhealed trauma, reverted back to you abusing yourself. Absolutely. Okay, I had to say that twice to get my mind wrapped around it. Okay, Absolutely. so I just, I wanted to spend some time with that because I need people to hear that. I need them to not just listen to it, but hear what we're saying. Because the cycle has to stop. Absolutely, it does. I mean, you can't heal a thing like my friend Miosha said. You can't heal a thing if you don't know what you're healing. If you don't know what's causing it, you have to get down to the root issue of it all. Um, And I wasn't. I wasn't. I was avoiding. I was in denial. I was in disbelief and, and just anything that you could think of that was negative um, had a hold on me. Not that I had a hold on it. It had a hold on me and I wasn't ready to release it because I didn't know how. I didn't know how to release it. I felt like part of it was, um, I, I don't want to say punishment, but part of it was, it, it was, it was me punishing myself, but me feeling like I deserved it because of some things that I had done in my life, um, from being a functioning alcoholic and nobody even knowing it, nobody realizing it, because I had started drinking in the seventh grade. I mean, taking liquor to school, drinking at school. By the time I was in the ninth grade, I was ditching school, going to the bootleg, getting high, coming back to school. I didn't even know a bootleg existed when I was in the ninth grade. Girl, yes. No. Yes. But the thing, I think what sticks out to me, is not that you were drinking in the ninth grade. What sticks out to me is what is going on in a seven-year-old's life, in a nine-year-old's life that we're already developing bad coping mechanisms. We're already needing to cope, yeah. right? So that, of course, goes back to childhood tra trauma, which in case y'all don't know, listeners and viewers, we all have, whether they're little T's or big T's, we all have them. We just don't know what to do with them. So therefore they did not get healed. So now we done took them into adulthood, bag lady, bag man, carrying right. bags around. Man. And Jennifer, you said a lot in that post. You said a lot. I can't even, because you going to have me going, Jennifer. We're trying to, I'm trying, trying to keep it like this here, right? I don't want to send the listening viewers. They're going to be like, what happened on the podcast? They don't even know. The Holy Spirit is so up in this, up in this room. He is so here dwelling. And I truly believe that even in listening to this Jamba, that someone is receiving healing. That someone is saying, wait a minute, she's telling my story wait a minute, this is me, wait a minute, if God did it for her, he can do it for me. Absolutely. I truly believe that that is what's going on. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, so I'm going to go back and read it just because you said it like that. So Jennifer says, hold on, that illness was a God thing. Hear me when I say this, guys, because she's going to explain. Not from God 
but he allowed it. Going back to Job, right? Job in the word. It's all about the glory of God. In other words, God had to show them you in the true state of illness so they, they could see the true him in you. Mm. Ooh, I'm, I'm holding over here. And as you continue, you will begin to feel and even operate in miracle healing, saith the Lord. Come on, prophetess, speak. And I'm just the vessel delivering the word. Don't think it's strange that your hands feel hot or tingling around certain people. That is God releasing his healing power. Don't you fall on that floor through you. God will show you exactly who to touch and where to touch. Amen. And you know what? Because he does that through your hugs. He does that through your hugs. Um, so I truly believe that. And that's the thing. And guys, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, if you're catching us view, you are witnessing a miracle of God. You're hearing a miracle of God right now. So if you're listening right on the podcast platform, I highly suggest you go over to the YouTube page and view this podcast because you want to feel, you want to be a part of this because God is, God is, and God is a healer. Yes. And God is healing right now. And as she is releasing this testimony, again, let me tell you something. Something is happening in the atmosphere right now as we speak. Something is happening in the atmosphere and healing is going forth. So you're witnessing a miracle sign and a wonder. You are, you are witnessing the move of God right here live on Speak Life with Erica. God already told me a long time ago he was hijacking the podcast. I didn't know what he meant. I didn't know what he was doing, but I gave him my yes. So as Jamba is here, she is telling you about the miracle signs and wonders. Because there's no way that a seven-year-old is drinking, that a nine-year-old is drinking, that a person has attempted suicide multiple times, right? That a person has been raped on top of so many other things. And then to see the transformation of God when someone releases an entire person off of their body and did it healthy. I'm just going to be honest. Like we didn't have surgery. We didn't take anything. Let, let, let me give you your story because I'm about to run the lap. Then I'm going to have to come back and finish the podcast interview. Go ahead, Jamba. Um, let's fast forward to 2014. Um, I ended up having to have a hysterectomy. And literally two weeks to the day after I had the hysterectomy, I was sitting on the floor watching TV and heard something pop. And I was paralyzed. Um, my daughter called the ambulance. They came, me being me, stubborn as all get out, don't like hospitals, didn't want to go. Um, I laid in the floor for about 12 hours, 12 hours before I could get to my bed because I was in so much pain when they came and put the little thing on your finger to check your pulse. The pulse ox. Yes. It shot pain through my body. And I, I begged them and pleaded with them to just leave, to not touch me anywhere because it was pain just shooting through my body. They left. Like I said, for about 12 hours, I laid in the floor. I prayed. I cried. I prayed. I cried. I finally got in the bed. My daughter got me up, got me to the bed. That next morning from my bathroom, from my bed to my bathroom, it took me about 20 minutes to get there. And when I got up out the bathroom, I fell to the floor and I begged her to call the ambulance because I said, if you don't, I'm going to die. Something is not right. Got to the hospital and I was pretty much, my body looked like I was having a seizure. I was in so much pain that my body was convulsing. Um, and I ended up having an abscess on my right side ovary, um, and had a blood clot that was traveling from my leg up on the right side, Ooh. but all the pain was on the left side of my body. 
So they couldn't explain what I was going through. They was like, well, the pain is on the left side and we can't find nothing. I said, well, check the other side. So they looked, I had CAT scans and sure enough, they found it on the opposite side of my body. Um, got all that taken care of, uh, got healed from that. Fast forward to 2015, January 1st, my sister was murdered. That sent me into a depression like no other. I started back drinking. Um, I woke up in places and didn't even know how I got there. Um, so pain had just become something that I had grew accustomed to that I knew very well. I was very well familiar with it. And it was almost like a marriage. So physical, mental, and spiritual pain? It was a marriage. So quick question. Where was church during all of this? Um, I was in church. I was in church. I was in church regularly. Um, but... I believe that the there was distance because I was running from a calling, from my calling. And I would get visions. I would hear things. I would see people um, that most people don't hear, see, or think of because they were not here in the physical. Um. I could feel people's pain. I could feel people's different emotions and I couldn't take it. So I would go to church and I would try to sit away from everybody. Um, people told me I was standoffish. I was distant. I was this, I was that. And I'm like, no, you just don't know the hell that I got to go through to be around you. And I just don't want to. But um, most people, for just for clarification, most people, the world calls them empathic. Mm -hmm. In the kingdom, right? In the word, we know that's a discernment of spirit. Right. When you have that level of discernment of spirit, when you feel everything and everybody around you, honey, you are standoffish. Yes. Because you don't want, I'm already battling my own hell and now I got to battle your hell. Don't nobody want to deal with that. Spiritual sight is difficult when you're not taught how to deal with it. Thank you. Yes. It is overwhelming and then if you're in a church that does not know how to help you nurture and live in the midst of this calling, in the midst of this walk, yes. It can absolutely be that. And you will appear standoffish. I didn't even know why I was standoffish until I understood my mantle. Then I was like, oh, that's why I don't like going nowhere. That's why I don't like being in crowds. That's why I be in the cut. That's why. Because it be too much. Right. Y'all be too much. Too much. Too much. Right. Too much. Too much. Continue. Um, I just had to, I wanted to explain that. I wanted people, because you know, everybody doesn't know what we know. Everybody doesn't operate what we operate in. And I wanted to explain that. And because somebody's probably saying, that's me. Yeah. That's me. That's how I feel. It's not that I don't love people. It's not that I don't want to be there. It's just a lot. I love, I love hard. Yes. I love hard. That, that to me, that was a problem because I'm like, oh, I love too hard. Like I, and I don't, I'm not that needy love where I just, you know, I need to be around you all the time. But if I love you, I'm going to ride for you. It's, it's nothing that I won't, I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'll give and you my will. last dollar. And will. Um, you tell me you need, if I got it, you got it. It doesn't matter if I'm without, if you need it, I got it. You got it. And I've always been like that. And in 2015, after my sister, all that stopped. All that stopped. I was like, love don't live here no more. Love is gone. Like, my goodness. 
And I sat with that. I did not grieve. I did not do anything. I couldn't. I couldn't allow myself to feel. And in 2016, um, I heard God say it's time. My little sister came to me in a dream and walked me through a warehouse. Um, and what's crazy is because the dream started off with me just going to go buy a bike, buy a part for my son. And me, my son, and my daughter were there. And I'm just buying bike parts so I can fix their bikes. And my sister came and got me and said, let me take you somewhere and took me to the back. And it was a warehouse full of products, full of everything but bike stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is weird. And she said, it's go time, pretty much. It's go time. I need you to do this. And that was the birth of this book back here, Hidden in Pain. Pull it up. Let, let them see it. <laughs> let them see it. Y'all don't understand the story. I remember looking at this cover in raw form. So can you explain the cover to the listeners? Because they can't see it. So I was in um, a training class and was bored and just decided, okay, I'm just going to start doodling as I called it. I said, I'm going to just sit here and I'm just going to start drawing some stuff. I don't draw. And I was like, okay, so what's going on? I just began to just draw lines and the lines just started to connect. And there is literally hidden pictures in the cover so there's a here there's a dog um here there's a butterfly a half a butterfly there's a woman in the middle which i say is me there's a man here and a man here so there's a man behind me um which at the time signified the person that came up behind me that tried to rape me. The man that was in front of me was God pulling me forward, telling me that it's okay. And he's pulling me out of the struggle. This, this is very significant. Um, I get teary eyed when I just, when I talk about it, um, there's a tree that sits in the center of it. And that is the tree of life. There's a fish in there um, because God told me that I always needed to stay close to the water and water my seeds. And later on down the line, found out a little more about the fish, but that's a whole nother story for another time. And I um, think it's a fish in there because you're a fisher of men. There's doves. Women. Yes, there's doves in there. I mean, there's all sorts of pictures in there. And um, I wasn't originally going to use that. I had somebody designing my book cover and everything that he came up with just didn't sit well with me. It didn't sit right. And I was like, mm, that's just not working. And God kept taking me back to that drawing that I had drew. I drew this on um, March 21st. March 21st. Three, you know about that three, right? Three. 21. Jennifer will not stop prophesying. She will not. 21. <laughs> Jennifer, we're not coming out to play with you ever again. You you are not, you cannot. You you are banned. Tart eagle. She has the eagle, and she does. Yes. And um uh it was 2016. So, and that, that is on my book cover that is, is, is hidden in there. Um, and the title of it is hidden in pain, surviving in God's love. Um, and throughout it, my mentor was like, so what I need for you to do is I need for you to add words throughout. So there are words throughout the book cover strong, sorrow, joy, lonely, 
um, overcame, afraid, triumphant, kiss, hug, beauty, life, love, pain, sore, hurt, powerful. These are all the things that I am and that I was. Um, and so I didn't even, I, I wrote the book. I probably wrote the first five chapters in one day. Um, it got a little too heavy for me. I sat on it. Um, and my writing coach at the time, Anisha, um, we battled. We battled and she was like, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I was like, yeah, um, I don't want to do it. Like, it's too much. I couldn't take it. So I didn't release the book until 2018. I didn't publish it until 2018. So I sat on it for a while. And I was working in the oil field when I released my book. So more men bought my book um, than women just wow. working in the Jennifer, oil field. Jennifer says, does her son have this book? My son? The Jamba son, which one? Because I have two. We got two. We got Lloyd and Journey. Which one? I knew this was going to be amazing. I am over here just in awe of God and how he's moving. Um, Because y'all just don't know. This is way outside of Joppa's comfort zone. Way. Not only did she not want to do the original podcast, which was not on camera, but the fact that she is on camera telling such a powerful testimony um, transforming other people's lives, but it's also going to be broadcast. She is displaying the work of the Lord in her life, through her craft, through her articulate ways. Um, from this now, we have a business. <laughs> life that, would be be life. that would be Lloyd. All my kids have my book. Um, I gave them all a book. They are not reading it. Um, they have not read it. Uh, they maybe gotten the first chapter. And after going through the table of contents, they was like, nope, nope, we're not doing it. So they need to read it. And, you know, I'll see all your, most of your kids on Sunday. So I'll, I'll speak this to them. And they're probably watching. But they need to read it. But they don't need to read it as your child. Absolutely. They need to read it as your friend or as a child of God, mm -hmm. but not as your child, because right. it is very hard for a child to hear a parent's truth. But after they read it, not as your child, it will better mm -hmm. give them the understanding, right? He needs to read. Yeah. There, there it is. She said he needs to read it, particularly ASAP. There it is. Come on, Holy Ghost. Now you got me and Jennifer yeah. double dutching together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand their reservation with reading it. It's a lot of truth in the book. It's a lot of truth. It, it, it is a lot of truth. And they know most of it because I'm very open and honest with my kids. Very open and honest with them. Um, and, I, and I had to be because I know that drunken me, that alcoholic me damaged them. Is Lloyd the first kid? Lloyd is the first. Lloyd saved my life. And that that explains saved my life. Me getting pregnant with him saved my life because I was headed down a path. I hung with gang members. I wasn't in a gang, but um, during that time, that's when the gangs hit Oklahoma real hard and real strong. And all my friends were gang members. I was in drive-bys. I was in a car where bullets. I could literally hear bullets passing my head. Um, and so me getting pregnant saved my life. Wow. Um, so for that, I'm forever grateful to Lloyd yeah, for, be, for blessing me, for God blessing me to be his mom because it saved my life. Yeah. And I feel, mm, and we're going to get, we're going to get back to this, to this interview. 
But I, I, he knows, he knows he has to read it. He knows it will change his life. But then when you know better, you do better. So when you know, now you got to change. And that's mm-hmm. the, that's the hang up right there is he, kn- that will require him to have to do something different. Right. And that's the hang up. Cause you know, any of us, when you say yes to God, the hardest thing about saying yes to God is now you got to be responsible for your yes. Now you have to change. When God started changing me, I didn't want to go live on Facebook because I didn't want nobody to know that God was changing me. So I wanted to go live inside of a Facebook community. Let me hide from this thing. Even now, I don't want to show up in the prophetic on Facebook. God, what are you saying? I remember when somebody said, you need to change your Facebook name. The prophet is Erica Brown. I'm like, what? What? Then everybody's going to know. Like, it's a huge thing to own that space. Yeah. But we put it in a book. Yeah. So everybody knows anyway. Right. So you're writing your third book. You're an entrepreneur. Your sister showed you the warehouse. With yeah. all the product in it. What happened from the warehouse? I woke up. I woke up in disbelief. Um, went back to sleep. And you know how like you in a dream and you just want to get back to that dream? Yeah. Um, I could never get back to that dream. But I did write it down. That, and that's one thing that usually doesn't happen. You usually wake up from a dream and you really don't remember what happened. Um, Or you remember bits and pieces. Bits and pieces. But I wrote it down and every so often she'll come and she'll just tap me on my shoulder, literally. Or she'll come mess with my computer, make my computer mess up. Um, I can remember I was at work one day after having that dream and... I was literally talking to one of my friends that worked with me and we were talking about my sister. And as I'm typing, the computer messes up. The N on my computer wouldn't work. We call her Nisha, but the N wouldn't work. And then it went fuzzy. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go use my friend's computer to finish doing what I needed to do. And the same thing happened on her computer. And then um, something had happened and one of the patients walked up and on her shirt, it said, ha ha, on the front of her shirt. I said, yeah, this is Nisha. This is Nisha. I love how your face just lit up like the sun when you began to speak to her, when you began to speak about her. So your business represents her. Tell us a little bit about that as we're wrapping up. So my business is uh, 1115, which is the day that she got killed. Um, and we basically, I promote life over death. Um, we speak life in all situations, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's your nail broke. We speak life over it. Um, it just is what it is, you know, Um Nisha would light up a room. She had a very infectious laugh. I could sit here now today and right now while I'm sitting here talking about her, I can hear her laughing. Um, After she passed, we rode down the street and in the clouds, God began to reveal Nisha to us. And my kids were in the car and they got to witness it. And it was the most eerie uncommon phenomenal supernatural thing that you could ever experience in your life and so whenever i'm having a down moment whenever i'm i'm feeling a little depressed or whatever my daughter corey would be like mama just look to the sky just look to the sky and we were driving one day and i was this year having one of those attacks um, going through one of my moments and I was literally, so I got to tell this part. So I got to go back. So on um, the day that she was shot, cause she was shot in the back of her head. 
um, the bullet went through the back right side of her head. I felt a pain hit me in the back of my head. Um, and I couldn't explain it. And I was like, y'all, I'm having another one of those migraines, but this one is different. And as it progressed, which I felt her pain, I can only imagine what she actually felt like, but the pain was so intense for me. And I went blind in my right eye. I later learned that the bullet stopped right behind her right eye. So every year for the past seven years, because she's been gone for seven years, I would get this same pain in the back of my head and go blind in my right eye on the 1st of January every single year. This year it happened twice. So it happened in January and then again just this past summer. Yep, I remember. And I told my daughter, I said, I have some product I need to deliver and I can't see, I can't drive. My head is hurting. And she was like, mama, is it happening again? Yes, it is. Um, it's not going to happen this January. It's, it's not. It's not going to happen because it happening twice this year on the seventh year, year of completion. It's done. It's done. And I, and I knew that second time that it happened, that it was done. And how I, how, what confirmed it for me that it was done was because when my daughter was dry, she was like, mama, just call them and tell them you, you'll bring it tomorrow. You'll deliver. I said, no, I have to do it today. I was adamant. Like it has to be done today. And she said, okay, well, I'll drive you. And she was driving me and I was like, I just, I, I'm not feeling good. My head is just really hurting and I can't really see. And she said, mama, just look up, just look up. And when I looked up, she said, mama, what do you see? And I looked and I said, I see J, U, nope, nope, nope. I see J, E, S. And she looked and she said, you see what? And I spelled out the word Jesus and Jesus stayed in the clouds for about a good 10, 15 minutes as we were driving. And I said, thank you for telling me to look up. Thank you for telling me to thank you for bringing me. I mean, it was just so awesome and it was so powerful. And I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you. And so he always tells me, look to the hills in which my help comes from. So whenever I'm feeling down or whatever the case may be, I always look up, even at night, because people don't realize that there are clouds out at night, too. And they are. And he always gives me something. Always. Whew. All right, y'all. We're going to have to do a part two of Miss Miss Jamba, because we <laughs> this... Like her story is so phenomenal. And I'm only blessed because I am a friend. I am big sissy. I get to be a part of this journey. Um, I didn't realize you had been in my life that long because you've been around me about eight years. But I definitely remember we came together because yeah. your mentor, my big sister in the ministry, um, Dr. Leslie Reed, connected us when you lost your sister. Yeah. She connected us because of the bond of grief and loss, because I had lost my daughter. Um, and so I absolutely love, love, love that. Guys, I have shared her Instagram link in the comment, in the bio. Go and click if you're interested in buying either one of her books, because her website is under construction. DM her, only DM her if you are serious. If you are interested in buying any of her products, um, I am a product of her products. Um, she is actually my loctician. She didn't start them, but she cares for them. Um, I use her conditioner as well as her oils, as well as her elderberry and her sea moss. Um, yes. So yes, so you want to get to um, her products, but you really want to get to know Jamba. I, I can't say it any better. My life is richer. My life is blessed. The podcast is blessed for simply you being on here. Not once, 
but twice. And oh, honey, when that third book come out, you're going to have to come <laughs> on back again so we can do the launch for the third book. Um, but this has been um, one of the most anointed um, interviews that I have done. And I'm just grateful um, that you stopped by Speak Like with Erica and you co-hosted this episode with me. Um, guys, click the share button. When it goes live on the podcast platform tomorrow, uh, share it with your people. There are women, there are men out there that need to hear the story. They need to hear the testimony. They need to understand that if God can do it for Jamba, (laughs) he can do it for you because he's the same God. He is the same God that sits high and looks low. He's the same God that orders her steps He'll order yours. He will heal you. He will save you. And what I love is you use the word. He will do supernatural things in your life. So Jamba, if you could leave them with one word, if you could leave them with one thing, what would it be? The one thing that I will say is no matter what you do, do it in love. Love with God's love, see with God's eyes, because no matter what it looks like to you, I guarantee you, God has a sweet vision for you. Just move with purpose. Oh my God. All right. Thank you to our viewing audience that rocked with us. Thank you for the ones that have jumped on that lately we didn't get to say hi to. We're so glad you're here. Thank you to all the podcast listeners, not only on Facebook, but on YouTube. Um, Listen, review, subscribe, like, share. Guys, it's not about me and Jamba. It is about God. And it is about helping people understand that they too can be resilient. They too can be saved. They too can receive the supernatural because the God we serve, he is not a specter or person. This Speak Life with Erica Nicole, it's really just about the raw and real, walking in faith and doing what God has told us to do. So I love you guys. Jennifer is saying, go back and read the comments because <laughs> once she put up there, I didn't read, um, but go back and read her comments there directly okay. to you. Um, but hey, if somebody needs a testimony, they need that word for themselves, grab it. Right. Anytime the word of God is going forth, honey, if you need it for yourself, grab Grabby. the word. Guys, we Grabby. love you. We love you. I don't even want to leave this space because Man. I feel God's presence. But we love you. We must go. Right. Time is of the essence. This is probably the longest podcast I've actually recorded to date. I love you. Thank you, Jamba, for listening. Speak life with Erica McCall with your beautiful presence. I wish my listening audience could see the glow that is on you. I mean, I can honestly say this glow wasn't there when we started. (laughs) It got brighter and brighter and brighter as you shared. And I know that's only the glory of God. So I'm thankful. I'm going to see you tomorrow because you're coming to get this hair tomorrow, honey. (laughs) Thank you, Jennifer, for rocking out with us. Thank you for being here, Jennifer. Thank you for letting God use you. Thank you to all of you guys. Y'all know I love you. I love each and every one of you that trust the God in me and trust what God is putting, giving me to put out. It means the world to me. Yes, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the, the word, word of testimony. testimony. Yes. And that's it. That's yes. why and everyone has a testimony. Everybody has a story and your test becomes your testimony. So you got to put it out there because someone else needs to hear it while you're triumphing, giving your testimony as well. All right, guys, we're wrapping it up. We love you guys. I'm ending this live. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Well, this is one of those times that you won't see often. I have no words. All I can do is give glory to God for what he did in this episode. This is one of the longest episodes I've recorded by far. 
But what we witnessed in that episode is we witnessed the light. We witnessed somebody that transitioned from beginning to end in that uh, recording. I wish I could have kept it recording as we did the after chat, but I couldn't. So um, this is episode two of the series, If Resilient Was a Person. Um, I will be um, sharing the space with each um, co-author, could not get my words out, co-author from this book um, and um, over the next few weeks until we wrap this series up. It's quite a few of us, um, but yes, we will be on there. And then um, my interview, I will probably have someone interview me. I haven't decided how I'm going to phase that in. But I want to thank you. 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 Don't forget to connect with your girl on the social media streets. I am everywhere as Erica Speaks Life. That's Erica with the K, no C. That is TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Connect with your girl and show me some love. Of course, the podcast platform is Wake, Pray, um, Shine with Erica Nicole. Um, But just connect and show the community some love. Um, Show just yeah show us some love we need you we appreciate you we love you we're praying for you um and that's a wrap have a good one